Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. Good morning, everybody. Hi. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Jamie Jones. That's not a talk show host name, that's my name. And um, I have the distinct privilege of being married to that cute guy who pastors this church. His name is Mike Jones. We've been married for almost 16 years, 16 long, long, awesome years. Just kidding. And uh, I sent that cute pastor away for the week. He's on vacation today, so you're stuck with me this morning. So, hey, well, hey, that's good, but wait till we're done, okay, and then we'll see how that goes. Um, does anybody need a Bible this morning? I want, we're going to dig into God's Word. We've got a ton of Bibles. If someone would just be so kind as to just help us out on that table over there. If you need a Bible, just quick raise your hand. Um, God's Word is what changes us, right? I don't have anything amazing to share, but God's Word is powerful, and that's what changes us. So we're going to dig into God's Word today. But before we do, I just want to um, take time and just pray. Lord, we come before you this morning with just absolute gratitude in our hearts for your presence that is here with us, God. I thank you for our worship team that led us into just a beautiful time in your presence. God, I ask that as your word comes forth, that you would change our hearts and lives by the power of your word. God, I pray that you would shine the flashlight in our lives and you would speak to us in a profound way and we would walk away changed in Jesus' name. We just thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to start off this morning just telling you guys about a really really great day that I had a long time ago. It was July 1st, 2005, and I was 25 years old, and I weighed about 70 pounds more than I do right now. Can anybody guess what might have been going on in that time of my life? Yes, I was. I was pregnant, busting at the seams over 40 weeks, and you guys... I'm telling you, this was one of the best days of my life ever, okay? This is my sweet Havilah Nicole Jones, um, the sweetest of the sweetest. And she was born at 12, 22 in the morning. She was 7 pounds, 4 ounces, 20 inches long. And she uh, really wanted to make her way into the world very fast. You know, I was one of those like, oh, I just really want to do this on my own. I don't need pain meds, right? And then as I'm like in the middle of it, it's like, oh! help. Somebody help me. But she came so fast. You guys, I didn't even have a Tylenol. It was crazy. And, but when she came and they put her in my arms, you guys, like my whole world just stopped. I looked at her and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. That was uh, one of the best, most amazingly perfect days of my life. How many of you have ever had just like, just an absolutely amazing day that just goes down in history and you're just like, you know what? That was one of the best, most perfect, amazing days of my life. All you have to do nowadays is go on to social media. You can go on to Facebook. You can go on Instagram. And you can find everybody's perfect days, right? Their perfect picnics and their perfect birthday parties and their perfect little amazing moments with their kids and their perfect bonfires. But how many of you know, after that bonfire, that picture that they took, they were done singing Kumbaya, my Lord. Somebody like got in a fight over who got the last s'more and somebody else was eaten by a bear, okay? There's really no, there's no perfect moments, okay? 
We as humans, we love to chase this idea of completion and perfection. We want so much to have everything together, don't we? For those of you that are married, you wanted that perfect wedding day. For those of you that are working a job, you want that perfect review because you doggone want that raise, right? Okay, for those of you that are students, you want a 4.0. We think of celebrities and we just think, oh my goodness, every day is perfect for them, right? They have like maids and they have like money and they have people who cook, cook for them. I just want to stop right there for a minute. Can you imagine having somebody cook for you? You guys, my world, I have four children. My world revolves around food. I'm not kidding. I'm either working to pay for the money to have the food. I'm driving to go buy the food. I'm picking the food out. I'm putting it in bags, bringing it home, bringing it back out of the bags, putting it in the fridge, cutting it, cleaning it, prepping it, cooking it and doing it some more, okay? My life is food. That's, I, I need a sign that's made that just says, kitchen closed. Because I'm not even kidding, you get up from feeding all the people, mom, I'm hungry. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not hungry at all. Going back to celebrities, okay? We look at their lives and we, you know, we just think they've, just, they've got it together, right? But in reality, how many of us know that many celebrities with all the money in the world, they live in more dysfunction than you or I do who live paycheck to paycheck, all right? Perfection, completion, it's virtually unattainable. And for those of us that are Christians, I think this is especially true. In God's word, God gives us a really clear picture of how he wants us to live. He, wa- he shows us in his word how he wants us to have a relationship with him, how we're to treat other people, how we're to walk in communion with him. And yet we mess up daily, don't we? We constantly, we're, we're falling short in some way, shape, or form, and we ask ourselves, why do I keep on screwing up? Why can't I just be a better Christian? Why, why can't I just be perfect all the time? How many of you guys can kind of relate to that? I know that I do. You guys, I lay in bed probably every night, and when I lay my head on that pillow, I sit there and I go over all the ways that I've messed up in the day, right? How instead of being patient, I was snippy. Instead of being nice and kind, like you see me at church, right? I was like, go to your room. I love you. You know, like I just, I think of all the ways like that I should be reaching out more or that I should have actually prayed with somebody instead of saying, hey, I'll pray for you. I mess up every single day. I live in this tension where I want to be complete and I want to be perfect for Christ. I want to live the way that I should live, thinking the things that I'm supposed to be thinking, being pleasing to God, and yet I mess up often. I just want to tell you, in the last few weeks, we've been doing a series called Chosen. Two weeks ago, we talked about what it means to be chosen by God. Last week, we talked about what it means to be changed by God. And today, we're just going to talk about how we are made complete by God. I want us to dig into God's Word right now. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 21. 1 Peter chapter 2, that says 3, but it is 2, uh, 21. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anybody. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. That's a big one, guys. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body, on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. 
I love that verse. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. Amen. As we dive into this passage, I want to discuss just two very simple truths that I really believe can give us hope today for our imperfect and incomplete lives. The first point is this. Jesus carried away our sin. I want to tell you guys a story. It was winter of 2011. Excuse me. We lived in Michigan at the time. And I had a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And this particular winter, I genuinely think that all the snow that surrounded the Great Lakes, like all the water, it just got sucked up from all the lakes and it was in the clouds and just blasting those little balls of fury for, for months. I mean, it was just, we were covered in snow. It just kept getting piled up. Have you ever been like in snow like that where you're just like, there's no end in sight? And we had so much snow, we were actually able to make forts, like tunnels in our backyard with the snow. I mean, it was really kind of cool and it kind of wasn't. You know what I mean? (laughs) So one day, I get up, I've got a four-year-old and a six-year-old, okay? I have a really important doctor's appointment that I have to get to. So I have to get my littles dressed quickly to get them out of the house. Now, how many of you know there's nothing quick about getting littles dressed for the snow? Like, there's nothing quick about it. You got to get their pants on and their shirts on and their socks and their gloves and their hats and their scarves and their coats and all the stuff to keep them warm, right? And then the minute you do, you, I hear those like six, uh, I'd call them like famous words that parents dread. It's mom or dad, I have to go potty. Sure, no problem. So you take off all the stuff. You take everything off, okay? You sit them on the potty Oh, no problem. That's where I need like the patience of Jesus, like in abundance in my life. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, like I pray patience over my life. So you get them all back, all their stuff on. Okay, I get them in the van, in the garage, start the thing, open the garage door, and this is what I find. See all that snow? I'm like, I have to get to this doctor's appointment right now, okay? So I grab the shovel, and you guys, it's that snow that's like that thick, wet, heavy backbreaking kind of snow, I wanted to just lay down in my driveway and just call it quits, okay? I, and my husband was at work, and I just, I couldn't miss this appointment. So I'm standing there, I'm starting to like shovel this thick, heavy snow, and this plow comes up, like, by my driveway. He comes up to my driveway, and he's like, hey, miss. He's like, can I help you out? And I'm like, No, I'm like, thank you so much, but sir, I just don't have any extra money right now. That's so nice of you, though. And he's like, no, miss, I got you. I'll do it for free, no problem. Oh, okay, okay, no problem. So I get the kids out of the driveway, get them back in the van, and he takes, I mean, literally maybe two minutes to plow my driveway. Can you honestly imagine the relief that I felt in that moment, you guys? I mean, seriously, I want you to listen to this, okay? The sin in our lives is a lot like the snow in my driveway, all right? And you know what is absolutely amazing about Jesus is he has removed the sin from our lives. He carried it in his body on the cross. That that snow in my driveway that was thick and heavy and difficult and impossible for me to move on my own, that's like the sin in our lives, right? Right? It's sometimes so heavy and so thick and so impossible to move. And we have to remember that Jesus carried our sins in his body on the cross 
for you and I. We are clean. We are perfect because of what Jesus has done for us. You guys, so many of us, we long for this perfection. We long for this completion. But you know what we do? We try to do it ourselves. Like I was out there sitting shoveling. We try to clean our own driveways, but it's too thick. It's too heavy and it's too deep. And we think, oh, you know, maybe if I just go to church a little bit more, maybe if I just read my Bible for five more minutes, you know, or maybe if I tithe a little bit more, I'm nicer to my spouse or something, then maybe I won't struggle with this anymore. You know, maybe if I just kind of, if I kind of just get involved and like do things, you know, maybe then I'm not going to struggle anymore. Maybe I'll be a good person. You guys, we are complete and perfect, not because of anything that we do, nothing that we do or say. It is all because of Jesus. It is all because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Our unfaithfulness, it doesn't change God's faithfulness, does it? He is who he is no matter what. Whatever it is that you and I struggle with, if it's dishonesty, if it's lying, if it's lust, guys, if it's anger, whatever it is, he carried away those sins in his body on the cross for you and I. The cross, it was enough. It was enough. We can't earn God's forgiveness. We don't deserve it. That's just how amazing God is. Psalm 103, I love this passage of scripture. Psalm 103, I think we have a slide for it as well. Verses 10 through 14 and a little in 17. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. The love of the Lord remains forever. You guys, this is why we worship God. This is why we sing. This is why we praise him. This is why we can come into his throne room with confidence. We, our wrongs, have been removed from us. This awareness of what Jesus has done for us, it should literally transform our lives from the inside out. It should cause a genuine humility to rise up with inside of us that says, God, put in me a heart that wants to do the right thing. That is the biggest prayer that I pray over my kids. Yes, I want my kids to to know how to do laundry. And yes, I want them to be successful in life, right? I want them to go to school and get a job someday. But you know what? None of that matters if they do not have a heart that says, God, help me to do the right thing. There's nothing more important than that, right? Nothing more important than that. I want to just look at Psalm 19. I love this. Psalm 19. I'll read you the just 12 through uh, 14. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Another scripture, I told you I'd have a lot of scripture today. Psalm 103, verse 2. Let all that I am... Praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that God does for me. You guys, if we hear these words that Jesus carried away our sins, that he has set us free from death, and it does not stir within us a heart for purity and righteousness and holiness, we've got to take a hard look inside of our hearts and examine ourselves. 
We live right now in a society that does not take sin very seriously. You guys, we live in a world right now that sin, it's not a big deal. Every time I turn around, I feel like I'm seeing another Bible-believing, faith-filled, spirit-filled Christian who blatantly disregards God's word in one, in one way, shape, or form. There's famous authors, pastors, speakers, you guys who are changing their tune. People I went to Bible college with, I would weep at God's altar. We studied God's word. We devoted our lives to serving Jesus and telling others about God. They see things differently now. You guys, we have become callous to sin. We are surrounded by it, and it just doesn't seem like that big of a deal anymore, does it? God, please help us. Look at Isaiah. Look at Isaiah 5. It'll be up on the screen. Isaiah 5, verse 20. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark. 2 Timothy, I just want to read these. I want them to be ingrained in your spirit. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires. They will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and they will chase after myths. One other scripture, Matthew 24. I feel like I'm my grandmother right now. <laughs> Can you hear her saying this? Matthew 24, 12. In the last days, sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. We may not see sin as that big of a deal, but God does. God is perfect. God is set apart. He is holy, and our sin against him, it was great, and it needed to be punished. But instead of punishing us, what did God do? He made a way. You guys, he knew that we could never bear the weight of our punishment. So he put it on Jesus. You guys, God is not only completely holy, he is completely full of love, amen? The other day I was emptying the dishwasher and I was kind of bending down, picking up all the, you know, all the silver were out of there. And uh, in the next room we have an open floor plan and my son, he was watching The Passion of the Christ. It's a remake that I think it was Mel Gibson that did. It's just the events leading up to the crucifixion, you know, the death of Jesus, the resurrection. How many of you have seen that um, version? It got, it got to the point he was watching where uh, Jesus was before the officials. And I mean, they were, they were just, they were beating Jesus, all right? And I looked over, and I mean, I'm in the middle of emptying the dishwasher. I got things going on. And you guys, I looked, and I know it's just a movie, but it was like everything in the room stopped and I couldn't breathe. I couldn't speak. And uh, I got down on my knees right in front of my dishwasher and I said, Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. Thank you that you carried away my sins. We have to keep what Jesus did for us at the forefront of our minds always. That's why we have communion in this church. We don't do it just because we're religious, just because that's what we do at church. Jesus said, when you do this, when you take the bread, when you take the cup, you do it to remember me. May we not forget what Jesus did for us, you guys. He took every punishment for every sin 
that every person has ever committed. He took every punishment for every sin that every person has ever committed, every murder, every child molester, every rapist, every bank robber, every single lie you've told, every lustful thought you've thought. He carried all of it away. Amen? Is that not incredible? Every punishment. Let's go back just quickly. First Peter chapter 2. I want to go back to that. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. Praise God. We are complete in him because he has carried our sins. Praise God. The second reason why we are complete in Christ, I want you to look at the end of verse 24. Excuse me. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. This, this phrase right here, it's also found in Isaiah, a very famous passage of scripture, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. I'm just going to read it to you. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. By his wounds, we are healed. So many times, you guys, we limit what Jesus did on the cross. We limit it to those two big things. We say, okay, he forgave our sins and he healed our bodies. But this phrase, we are healed, that word healing, it has a much deeper meaning than just physical healing. It can actually be translated to be made whole or be made whole complete. Not only has Jesus taken away our sins and healed our bodies, you guys, he has healed our brokenness. He has healed our brokenness. This is incredible to me. He restores our very souls. He heals us from the inside out. Praise God. How many of you have ever, have ever watched somebody barter or trade like you've just seen, you know, people trade, or maybe you've traded with somebody. I've seen my, well, okay, I've seen kids who shall remain nameless say, hey, here's five pennies, and you give me your dollar, and I'll give you my five pennies. Five is better than one, right? Crazy little kids. How many have ever traded, maybe when you were a kid, it was baseball cards. Maybe it's with your spouse or your roommate. It's, hey, you take out the trash, I'll do the dishes. Maybe it's your boss. You know, hey, you give me you give me, you know, Fridays off, I'll come in two extra days, Monday through Thursday. Wouldn't that be nice, right? How many of us know, though, for a trade to work, it has to be what? Fair, right? Right, it has to be fair. Like, that's kind of how it works. In our house, if there's one piece of cake and two people want it, you know how we do it? One of them splits it, the other one gets to choose, okay? That's fair, right? That's how it works. Jesus, he offers us a trade as well. But the trade that Jesus offers us, it's ridiculously unfair. I want you to go to Matthew 11. Listen to this. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest. For your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. 
You guys, what an absolutely amazing and unfair trade. Jesus says, you come to me. You give me your mess, your brokenness, your pain, your exhaustion, your frustration, your sin. And you know what I'm going to give you? My peace, my rest, my joy, my freedom. How amazing is that about God? That just absolutely amazes me. We just got to come to him. We know these things, you guys. We know that he's carried our sins away. We know that he's healed our brokenness, and yet we still struggle sometimes. And we just think, oh, man, if I just try harder, you know, it's going to get better, right? If I just, you know, I str- personally, I struggle with irritability and impatience. I'm just going to throw myself under the bus, okay? Like, I know I come across like a super dupty nice person, but inside, sometimes I'm just irritable and cranky, okay? I'm being honest. I do love people, but I'm like, you know? I mean, I'm just keeping it real, okay? But you know how many times I've been like, oh, if I just try harder, if I'm just be a little bit nicer and I just, just, I don't know. You guys, trying harder never works, right? How many of you can relate to that? It never works. All of our trying harder, it's never going to give us the victory that we need in Jesus. That victory, that desire for completion is only found in Jesus. Jesus came to earth. He clothed himself in humility, and what he did on the cross was enough for us. We have to stop focusing on what we are doing and focus on what Jesus already did. Amen? Amen. This is the last scripture I want to leave you with because God's, God's word is just so awesome. Philippians 2, verse 13. This is one of my favorites. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You guys, God is working in us. Not only does he give us the desire, the want to, to do the right thing, he also gives us the power to do the right thing. And all we have to do is come to him. Isn't that amazing? I just, this morning, we're going to pray. I want us to pray together as we close out our time in prayer. I just want to ask you this morning, do you need to take advantage of that unfair trade? Do you need to just come to Jesus this morning? Are you dealing with frustration, exhaustion, a lack of peace, brokenness? Are you dealing with a heaviness? Maybe there's a sin in your life that you just are trying harder and trying harder and you're on the spinning wheel and you're frustrated. I just want us to pray together. I want us to take just a few minutes and just come to Jesus. As his word says, we're going to take God at his word and we're just going to pray together. I know I need that this morning. So Why don't you just join me if you want to pray at your seat, if you want to come and pray at the altar. I just want us to take a couple minutes and I want to take God at his word. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. Amen? Amen. Let's just take a few minutes and let's just pray. Praise you, Lord. Father, we just thank you this morning. God, we all just say thank you for carrying away our sins, 
Father, thank you so much for carrying our sins. God, thank you for healing our brokenness. Thank you, God, that we are complete and perfect in you. Father, not because of anything that we do, but just because of who you are, God. And we just receive that today, and we thank you, Lord. Father, I pray blessings on every single person in this room. I ask, God, that when they come to you, you would give them your rest. Lord, you would just breathe peace and hope into every single person in this room today. Father, we just thank you so much for your faithfulness and your joy. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Praise God. We thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.